Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. I just started doing a DIY project a couple of weekends ago in my home office. That's where I work. And believe it or not, even designers have rooms in their homes that aren't finished, (laughs) that they haven't gotten around to yet. And my home office is one of those. And so I've been working on that and I get super excited visualizing everything, brainstorming, getting creative and thinking about all the possibilities And I know many of you get excited too when you're going to go refresh a room or redecorate a room. It can be exciting, uh, turning a space into something new and fresh. But then (laughs) the next question that I always ask my clients comes, and it's a question that you all have to ask yourselves, and that's, what is my budget? (laughs) And sometimes that's not so fun to think about for a lot of us. Because we want to create beautiful things, but as we all know, beautiful things or any anything, everything costs money. So in this episode, I want to talk about interior design budgets, specifically decorating budgets. And I want to distinguish decorating budgets from uh, remodeling budgets. So it's different. So in this episode... We're only focusing on decorating budgets. So that's like refreshing a room, like your living room, your bedroom, any room where you're just buying furnishings, rugs, window treatments, paint, and not doing any actual remodeling work. We'll do another episode on remodeling budgets, but they're a little different. So today we're just focusing on decorating. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the difference between budgets that work for you versus budgets that actually work against you or just budgets that aren't helpful. We're going to outline the process that many of us go through when we're trying to determine a decorating budget and the major pitfalls that we fall into and why they're not helpful. And then I'm going to talk to you about how to create an interior decorating budget that's actually useful and helpful to you. So let's dive in. Let's start with budgets that work for you versus budgets that don't, okay? So the difference is when we create a budget that really works for us and that's realistic, it's based on real data. It includes everything, not just the big stuff. And it's very intentional and very thoughtful estimate based on the data and your priorities and your values. What I often see is people, myself included in the past, is that we create budgets that aren't realistic and so they don't work for us. And instead of our budgets being based on real data, they're based on our thoughts about what things should cost rather than what things actually cost. So I may think that I should be able to find a sofa for less than $1,000 that's going to last 10 years. But even if I put that in my budget, it's totally irrelevant because that sofa just doesn't exist. You cannot find a sofa that's less than $1,000 that's going to last for at least 10 years. 
So it's like, why have a budget? This is not realistic. The other thing that I see is that we only include the large pieces. Okay, so like we think of all the major furniture pieces that we need in a room, like a sofa, two chairs, and a coffee table. But we don't take into account, oh, but I need a rug, and I'm going to need some drapery, and I'm going to need some tie tables and some lamps. And we tend to leave out those things. And we just focus on the bigger picture. Many times we sort of subconsciously, we leave those things out kind of in an effort to make it sound not as expensive to ourselves. So like if I just include the big pieces and I say, okay, the budget for this room is, you know, whatever it is, 10,000, 20,000. 50. If I've only include those larger pieces, then that sounds like a lower number and it makes me feel more comfortable with my budget, even though that budget's not going to be useful because I still have to buy all of those other items. The third thing that I often see us doing is we don't consider our priorities. So we're only thinking about cost instead of thinking, okay, Number one, how comfortable do I want this to be? And number two, how long do I want it to last? How luxe do we want it to feel? How important is your home? Or more importantly, how important is it to you how you feel in your home? Instead, we're only looking at dollar sign. So when we create these budgets that aren't based on real data and really just aren't helpful to us, there are three things that I see us doing that lead to this. And number one is that we're really not familiar with how much things cost. If you haven't shopped for furniture ever really, or in a long time, a lot of people get sticker shock because furniture is expensive. And when you take into consideration everything that you need for a room, it adds up quickly. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there too. When we look at social media, if you look at shows on HGTV, you can get a false sense of prices, low prices. On HGTV, they may be able to completely decorate a room for a certain amount of money, but you have to consider the labor cost for many of the shows are altered because they are producing a show. And so you're only often getting the cost of the materials and maybe a portion of the labor. The other thing is that if you look at average data online for like what things cost, what a sofa cost, those estimates, if you're looking online for data, are always too low. And the reason for that is that they take into account all comers. They include all of those who DIY it and save on all the labor costs. So the averages are always skewed and are lower than what things actually cost. The other thing to consider is that people that are buying high-end furniture, furniture that's good quality, that will last, usually typically don't participate in surveys like this. So that can skew the results as well. So if you're going to decorate a room, let's say a $15,000 budget might sound right to you, but you have to ask yourself, what is that based on? And what I found is that most of us base it on what we've spent in the past. The thing about that is that we're likely only thinking of the major pieces, like I mentioned before, the big pieces. We're not including every single thing in the entire room. And 
most of the time when we're looking back on numbers like that, most of the time we don't furnish an entire room at once. So you have to get curious and think, maybe that's what you've spent in the past, but number one, did it include everything? And number two, was it the quality and durability that you're looking for now? The truth is that high quality, comfortable pieces of furniture that are going to last 15, 20, 25 years will be more expensive. The other common pitfall I see people falling into is really just considering the cost and not other factors like durability. So it's easy to think, well, why would I pay five or six thousand dollars for a sofa when I could pay fifteen hundred? And that's as far as we go. We don't stop and think about the fact that that $1,500 sofa in a year is going to look worn and it's not going to be comfortable, whereas the higher priced sofa is likely going to last us for, you know, 15, 20 years and look good and be comfortable. So, you know, how many times are you going to have to replace that $1,500 sofa within the next 10 years? I see many people saying, well, if I can get the same thing, like the knockoff version, that's the same size and the same color and it looks the same for less, why not? Like, why would I ever buy that more expensive piece? But what you're not considering is that the quality will be significantly different. Now, if you're looking for a piece that you just want to last a few years, five years, something for a kid's room, I totally understand quality not being necessarily a big factor. But if you're looking for pieces that you want to be extremely durable and last, the cost is going to be linked to quality. Those items are going to be more expensive. And the difference is, the, the reason that is, it's not just the markup. It's that it costs a lot more to make those items. So the materials used are better quality. The craftsmanship in an eight-way hand-tied spring-seated sofa is going to be different than one that has sinuous springs. So the craftsmanship leads to differences in how long it's going to last its durability, and its comfort. For example, uh, if you look at a marble-topped table that has real marble as the top, that's going to last forever. You can find tables with a marble-like finish on the top, and the difference is that that's going to be chipped, it's going to be worn, uh, and it's not going to wear the same as real marble. A cabinet made of MDF it's not going to last as long as one made of real wood with real wood veneers. And then the last pitfall that I see as commonly falling into is just way underestimating the items that you need for your room. We tend to think, just like I mentioned before, big pieces. A sofa, two chairs, a coffee table, but we don't think about, well, I'm going to need an end table on those, you know, flanking that sofa. I'm going to need a rug. I'm going to need a chandelier, I'm going to need drapery, I'm going to need drapery hardware, I'm going to need art, decorative pillows, accessories, all of those things add up quickly. So even though it may sound less, if you just add up the big stuff, that's not going to be create a budget that's helpful for you. So make sure that you list every single thing in your room. Okay, so we've talked about work for us, 
versus those that are not helpful. And we've talked about talked about the common pitfalls that we often fall into when we're creating a budget. So now I want to talk to you about how to create a realistic budget that's actually going to work for you. Number one, I think if you haven't shopped in a long time, or if you're not used to shopping for furniture and furnishings, familiarize yourself with what things cost now. So even if you shopped a couple years ago, things have increased just since COVID. They're more expensive now overall, and they're probably not going back down. So take some time and look at sofas, look at chairs, the highs, the high and the low and everything in between and really familiarize yourself with what things cost. And when you get advice from others, because often we go on social media or we go to family members or friends and we ask their opinion, really take all of the advice from others in context of the amount and quality of items that they purchased. So someone may come to you and say, hey, I got this sofa for a thousand dollars. Awesome. That's great. But what is the quality of that sofa? How long have you had it? What did it look like when you buy it? And what does it look like now? So make sure that you're not taking that $1,000 value just at face value and using that to think, well, I can get one for $1,000 too. You need to know more, uh, especially in terms of durability and comfort. Number two, decide how long you want your room to last. And the question I always ask my clients is, when do you want to have to replace all of this? (laughs) That really forces you to think, okay, do I want to, I'm going to spend all this money and I'm going to redecorate this room. Do I want to have to do this again in five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25? Because that matters. That is going to affect how much you need to budget for your room. So number one, familiarize yourself with what things cost. Number two, decide how long you want the room to last. The third thing is just to list every single thing you're going to need to purchase. And you might say that you don't know. You're kind of designing as you go and that's okay, but it's going to be more challenging to create a budget that really works for you if you don't know ahead of time. So I would list out every single thing that you need, including all those items that I've mentioned, accessories, pillows, art, lamps, side tables, all the little things. And that way, you know that your budget is all inclusive. The next step that I do for my clients and myself is I create high, medium, and low columns. So I list out every single thing that's going to be in this space. And I do this for every client. And for each item, I will designate a low, medium, and high range in terms of, you know, how much that item is going to cost. And you can do this by, from what you learn from shopping, what you learn from familiarizing yourself with what things cost. And then I actually have a tool that will help you do this as well that I'll tell you about in just a second. But list it all out, create your low, medium, and high budget columns, And then add them all up. And so at the bottom of every column, you will have a low, medium, and high total for that room. And you know that it's going to be pretty spot on because you've listed every single item. And then you can take a look at that and ask yourself, which range do I want to stay within? And it's nice because it gives you a range. And if you you may decide that you want to stick in the medium range and then you know, splurge for a couple of items in the high range, but at least now it's all on paper. 
you can look at it and make an informed decision that's actually going to work for you instead of just frustrate you. And then last, instead of focusing just on cost, which we, we have focused on cost, you've created your budget at this point, but think about how this is actually an investment in your values and priorities. So often I think that we lose sight, you know, we're buying a sofa, it's just a sofa or it's just a chair. You're not really spending money on just a sofa and a chair. You're spending money and investing in how you're going to feel in that room once it's finished. So when you come home at the end of the day and you're tired and you just want to spend time with your family, and yes, maybe you have some charting to catch up on, but you want to put your feet up on the coffee table and relax that feeling that you have and that environment that you've created in that space is really what you're investing in. So I often think that when you're stressed out about money or stressed out in a budget, it's it's important to kind of remember that. All right, well, that is how to create a budget that actually works for you. And to help you with this and to give you an example, I've created a sample living room budget, listing out all the main pieces that most living rooms will need. It's not going to be exact because, of course, living rooms are different sizes and there's different number of windows. But this is just to give you a ballpark idea of what things cost. And I've separated the budget into low, medium, and high columns and added them all up. So if you want that free resource, sort of as a reference for you whenever you go to create your budget, you can download that. I've put the link in my show notes. You can download that and um I think it'll be a really useful tool for you as you go forward with forward with your own projects and creating your own decorating budgets. Well, that's it for today. I hope you've learned a lot uh, and I will see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, Or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.